Well, good morning, church. Good morning, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I mean, I love it. I love it. It's the start of a brand new year, the start of a brand new decade, and we're off to a great start of a great morning of worship. We've got some joy, the laughter. I love that. It's good medicine for the soul. And uh, also the Titans won. So, hey, I mean, we got a great start, a great victory last night. So I'm excited about 2020, and I hope you are too. I just believe God's going to do great things. And you know, when you think about 2020, right, you, you think about that vision, right? We all want 2020 vision. And so we go to the eye doctor and they hook us up that machine. We're kind of sitting there and then they start doing that click thing, right? Is one better than two? Click, right? You're like, okay, I think that was a little bit different, but I'm not sure. Like two or three, right? Three or four, one or four. And you're like, oh, what number one, one, one. Yeah, you know, but the whole thing, you're trying to focus in, right? You're trying to get this focus, this focus, this focus, because we want to have that perfect vision. We can have that perfect vision just makes such a difference when we see things clearly. Well, we're launching this brand new series today, and I'm excited about it because we want to have the perfect vision for this new year and this new decade, and we want to have God's vision for our lives. We want to focus in on the things that really matter, the heartbeat of God. We want to see that unfold in our lives. You see, God created you, and God has an incredible plan for your life, and God wants you to reach your full potential. And a lot of times we get distracted by the things of the world, right? And there's a lot of things that come into our vision. And yet when we can focus on the Lord, man, that's where life makes sense. That's where life comes alive. Uh, we just finished a great series, our Christmas series. I love Christmas season here at Rolling Hills. I mean, it was awesome. I mean, Christmas Eve was so great. And the candle lighting and uh, we had more people than ever before at our campuses and just seeing God work in people's lives. Uh, I love, I love just seeing generosity uh, you guys, Angel Tree and making a difference. We had a team that just got back from Moldova giving out over a thousand presents to orphans and vulnerable kids there that we work with through Justice and Mercy International. I just love the whole season of Christmas. But in our Christmas series, we're looking at Jesus' birth. And we saw how the Old Testament, everything in the Old Testament was pointing to Jesus. And 700 years before the Messiah came, it said the Messiah would be a wonderful counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Everything's shining a light on Jesus. So when you read the Old Testament, it's all pointing to Jesus. And Jesus is the focus of the entire scriptures and the entire world, right? Of all of history, B.C., A.D., everything comes back to Jesus. Well, we know in Luke 2, right, after Jesus uh, was born, he was dedicated at the temple, which is pretty awesome. We have family dedication here. Maybe 2020, you have a child or grandchild or somebody, you know, a family member, a friend or community group that's going to be uh, dedicated this year. It's so special, so important. And then he goes for a little stint down to Egypt, then goes up to Nazareth where he lives, Mary and Joseph there. He learns a trade. But every year, Mary and Joseph would come back to worship in Jerusalem. And they would come back with extended family. They would come back for the big feast. And, and they were coming there. And at the age of 12, they make the journey toward the end of Luke chapter 2, it tells us, and they come to worship there at the temple. And then after they worship, they leave, and they start heading back, and they forget Jesus, okay? So like they're a, a day away, and they realize, anybody seen Jesus, right? You know, and so they go back, and Jesus is like teaching in the temple, right, at the age of 12, and everybody's like, whoa, who is this, right? And, and, but I thought about that, and I thought, Man, we can rush off into 2020 and maybe get a few months in and then go, hey, wait a minute, where's Jesus? You know, like, hold on. And so we want to start this year with Jesus. Now, here's what we know about Jesus from age 12 to age 30. When he began his whole earthly ministry, it's this one verse. 
Luke chapter 2, verse 52, and it tells us this. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So Jesus grew in these four areas, wisdom, stature, physically, right? Favor with God spiritually, favor with man socially. Romans 8, 29 says, For those God foreknew, that's us, that he knew we would accept him. He also predestined, meaning he had a plan for us, that we would be conformed to the image of his son. So Jesus grew in these four areas. God was preparing him. And so we want to grow in these areas. And so in this series, we're going to talk about how do we focus in, right? How do we grow in wisdom? How do we grow physically how do, in a healthy way? How do we grow spiritually in our relationship with God? And how do we grow socially in our relationship with others? So today we want to talk about this. How do we grow in wisdom? Because I really believe, I really believe if we grow in wisdom, this is going to be an incredible year. If we start to have the heartbeat and the mind of Christ, we can live like God wants us to, make the decisions that God wants us to. This is going to be an awesome year. So let's grow in wisdom. If you have a Bible with you today, I invite you up with me to Proverbs. Proverbs, middle of the Bible, okay? If you don't have a Bible, there's some Bibles in the back. I'd love for you to grab one and make it yours. And uh, also, if you uh, don't have a Bible, we've got a mobile device. You can access the, the Word on version. Uh, but we'll put the words up on the screen. You can follow along with what God's Word says here. But Proverbs was written by a guy named Solomon, okay? And Solomon was the son of King David. So this is a thousand years before Jesus. King David was this great king, godly king, you know, known as a man after God's heart. He has a son, Solomon. And now Solomon becomes the king after David. And Solomon's like overwhelmed. I mean, you can imagine becoming the king, leading a nation, following in your dad's footsteps, who was a great king. And so God comes to Solomon and says, Solomon, you can have anything you want. You know, what would you ask of me? And you think about that, that'd be pretty cool. Wouldn't it? Like God says, okay, you have anything you want. What would it be? And Solomon says, God, I want wisdom. Wisdom. I mean, that's awesome. I want wisdom to lead these people. I mean, I don't know what to do, right? I mean, here I am, a young man, and I'm trying to lead. I want wisdom to lead these people. And God says, hey, because you ask for wisdom, and not just riches or long life or death to your enemies. He goes, hey, listen, I'm going to give you wisdom and I'm going to give you everything else too. <laughs> and so Solomon becomes the wealthiest man that ever lived and the wisest. That's pretty cool, right? I mean, like if you were to take his dollars in today's dollars, I mean, he'd be wealthier than Bill Gates and, you know, all everybody. I mean, like, that's a lot. And so God gives him this. Here's just an example of his wisdom. There was these two women. There was a baby born in the house, and this one woman said, that's my baby. And the other was like, no, it's my baby. What are you talking about? They come before Solomon the king, and they're arguing over this newborn baby. And, and Solomon's listening, and he's trying to figure out, like, how do you know? I mean, how do, how do you know, right? These, these two women right here. And, and finally, Solomon goes, hey, somebody bring a sword, and we'll just cut the baby in half. You get half, and you get half. And this one lady's like, yeah, that's fine. And the other one's like, no, 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 no. You, you, you take him, you take him. And Solomon goes, that's the mom. That's the mom right there, right? Because she loves her child. Give the baby to her. That's pretty wise. <laughs> so, so you got this wisdom thing happening. And here's what Solomon says about wisdom. Proverbs chapter 9, look at verse 9. He says, instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. So I'm glad you're here today because I know a lot of you are wise, but I pray that today maybe we can be wiser still. Instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. 
For through wisdom your days will be many and your years will be added to your life. That's pretty awesome, right? I mean, through wisdom your days will be many and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. So you look at this and you're like, wow, that, that's pretty amazing right there. And what's he talking about? He says, wait, knowledge is important. You know, it's important to have knowledge. And, and we go to school, you know, we study math and science and social studies. Why? Because we want to grow in knowledge. Knowledge is important. But we need more than just knowledge. Click, right? We need understanding. Like, how do I take this knowledge and how do I apply this knowledge? What am I going to do with this knowledge? And we want to have understanding. But then there's a third click, right? From knowledge to understanding and you have wisdom. And wisdom is taking all these things, right? And being able to make decisions in our lives and being able to use the knowledge and use the understanding and use the things that God's pouring into us and making the decisions that will bring glory to God and will further the life that he has for us. And Solomon says, hey guys, I'll just tell you this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now when it says the fear of the Lord, it's not like fear like, ah, you know, like he's God and I'm scared, right? No, it's fear as in reverence, in awe, respect. That he is God and I'm not. And the sovereignty of God, that God is in control, that God is over all these things. And when I begin to understand that, that's when I begin to grow in wisdom. When I get this relationship right, when I understand who God is and what God's doing in this world, it changes me and I can live differently. I can become the man or woman that God created me to be. So if you're taking notes today, here's some things I want you to write down about wisdom and Notice this, God wants us to grow in wisdom. God wants us to grow in wisdom. It's important for us. Wisdom begins with God. <laughs> wisdom begins with God. We can try to run after a lot of other things, right? But wisdom is going to start with Him. The very first verse of the Bible, in the beginning, God. I mean, we could just stop right there, right? In the beginning, God. None of us were there. I mean, none of us kind of spoke into it and say, hey, God, you may want to do this. You may want to, no, 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 no. In the beginning, God. And what did God do? He created. He created the heavens and the earth. So God created everything that there is. God created the entire world. God knows how it works. God created you. So he knows how you work in this world, right? And so for us to start with him, wisdom does not start with self, it starts with God. Wisdom doesn't start with self. There's a lot of people who want to read a ton of self-help books. That's fine. I mean, you know, truth is truth. I believe truth is truth. You know, there's a lot of things that are out there. But, but if you're just pursuing knowledge at the end of the day, wisdom doesn't start with self. It starts with God and understanding who he is. Let me just give you an illustration. So say you're driving today after church and you're heading down uh, Matt Catcher and it's 55, but you're in a hurry, right? And so you're going like 65 and you're going along and you're fine because you're hungry, you're heading to lunch. And so you're heading down that way. And then all of a sudden you see a policeman and then you just go, oh, right? And everything in you tenses up. 
You know, your heart kind of skips a beat, and you start to pray. God, let him not see me, let him not see me, let him not see me, right? And then you start kind of pumping the brake, and you don't want to just slam on your brakes, right? You just kind of like ease it down, like, oh, yeah, it's fine, hey. You know, it's like just, you're just kind of slowing down, slow down to get to 55. You're kind of, oh, there, then you get to 52, 51, right? And then you're just kind of cruising along, right? But it didn't bother you to drive 65 before you saw the policeman. But all of a sudden, the awareness of his presence changed your behavior, <laughs> right? The awareness of his presence, like all of a sudden changed how you lived and what you were doing. And for us to come along and go, wait a minute, there is a God who sees my life. There is a God who cares what happens in my life. There is a God who loves me. And when I become aware of his presence, it changes how I live. And so often we're living our life, we're doing our thing, we're just kind of going along and we'll say, hey God, I'll see you in the morning maybe for a few minutes or, or maybe I'll see you on Sunday, but the rest of the week it's kind of my kind of deal and God's going, no, 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 no. I want to be involved in your life because I love you, I care about you and I want you to know how I want you to live. God's word becomes then the God of our life. God's word, see how do you know what the policeman wants you to do? It's written down. 55, right? You know, it's written down. You know, don't solicit. Don't jaywalk. Don't. God writes it down. God says, I, I want you to know. I want you to understand. I want you to understand how this world works. I want you to have wisdom. So he wrote it down for us. I, I love, I love, I love that we're starting this year off together, you know, uh, because what we say at Rolling Hills is every Sunday matters. Every Sunday matters. And we're always coming back to God's word. We're always studying what God's word has to say. But we also encourage you, we have an app, a Rolling Hills app, and we take a daily step. And so every morning when you wake up, man, you can just go to the app and say, hey, there's a scripture passage for me to read. Right now we're reading through Psalms and we're reading in Matthew and you can just kind of jump in and it doesn't matter where you are. If you haven't started yet, it's okay. Or at night, but that we're in the word, that we're studying, that we're growing. That's where wisdom comes from. What goes into your mind will come out in your life. And that is a true principle, right? And if you sit around all day and it's all about the things that are going in your mind, it's just the things of this world, it's about how to make more money or more success or how to make my name great or what all these things and all that's going in, then what's going to come out of your life? Philippians 4, 8 tells us this. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things things. And for us to start to develop the mind of Christ, for us to start to develop, hey, what's going into my mind? What am I thinking about? Because that's going to come out in my life. Number two is this. Wisdom impacts all of your life. It impacts all of your life. I love this verse. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek First, the kingdom of God. That's what Solomon did, right? God, I want wisdom, right? To be able to lead these people. God, I want wisdom to be able to lead my family. God, I want wisdom to be able to lead at work. God, I want wisdom. I want to seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. And God, you'll take care of the details. God, God you, will, you are going to be at work. You're going to provide. You're going to protect. You're going to take care of me. Your life is a product of the decisions you make. You think back over your life. And there's some decisions that you go, man, that was a great decision. There's other decisions you probably go, why did I do that? You know, oh, man, I'm still living with the consequences of that decision 
today. We all have those decisions that we've made in our life. But your life is a product of the decisions you make. Now, some decisions are easy. They're just factual decisions, right? Should I take my medicine? Yes. Right? You know, should I go to the doctor? Yes. All right? You know, or character decisions, right? Should I, you know, not steal? No. You don't. I mean, just simple things. But there's a lot of other decisions that we make all the time. Uh, what college should I go to? You know, what person should I date? Should I marry this person? Uh, you know, what, what should I do about kids? You know, do we have more kids? Should we adopt kids? Uh, what do I do about this house? Do I keep the house? Do I refinance the house? Do I sell the house? What should I do with this? Every day we're making decisions. And we look back on some of those decisions. They were great decisions. We look back on others and we're like, what was I thinking on those decisions? Because my life is a product of those decisions. And the fact is we need wisdom in every one of the decisions, not just in the big decisions. Put God first in your life. A lot of times we'll pray about the big decisions, right? But we don't pray about sometimes the little decisions. But every decision matters. Every decision. God, what do you want me to do in this situation? And God, you've given me this house. Or God, you've entrusted these kids to me. And Father, I want to raise them well. God, help me know how to even encourage them. Help, help me know how to pour into them. Help me know how to discipline them well, Father, that will bring glory to you. Father, I need wisdom in all of these areas. And God, I want to put you first. I want to pray about that. God, I want to pray about my relationship, my friends, my families. God, I want you to be first. See, you could be smart, but are you wise? There are a lot of smart people out there, right? They can crush it on Jeopardy, right? Or they can crush it on Trivial Pursuit. But, but, but you look at it and you go, you could be smart, but are you wise? Are you wise? See, the fact is this. Your decisions impact more than just you. Your decisions impact more than just you. You know, I was reading in USA Today, and uh, corporate executive, and you're thinking, man, you've got plenty of money. But no, greed takes over, and he makes some just terrible decisions, and it doesn't just impact him, it impacts his entire company, and down the line, a lot of people's lives are impacted because of the greed in his own life. And you're thinking, there's a lot of smart people out there who have lost their entire military career, who lost their whole position that they worked for, who lost their spot as a coach or as a teacher or whatever else because of a terrible decision. And you think, oh man, at the moment, it's like, I'm just going to do this. And you're going, what were you thinking? But what if we could make the right decisions? What if, what if like the grace of God, that we could have God prompt our heart and make the right decisions? Choose God in all situations. In every situation. God, I want to choose you. You know, there's an incredible man in the Bible named Job. <laughs> And Job, I got to tell you, this guy, he was a righteous man. It, it, God had blessed him. He had a lot of, you know, success. He had a lot of family. He had a lot of money. And then everything in his life seemed to fall apart. It was just like he lost it all. And so much so that his wife comes to him and says, hey, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? Thanks, honey. You know, it's like, really? And Job goes, no, 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 no. I will never do that. Because the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job's like, I, I don't care what's going to happen in my life. I'm going to hold on to God. I'm going to put him first. Now, right in the middle of Job, 
in Job chapter 28, there's this whole thing on wisdom. It's incredible. It's just like right in the middle of it. It says this, where then does wisdom come from? Where does understanding dwell? It is hidden from the eyes of every living thing, concealed even from the birds in the sky. Destruction and death say only a rumor of it has reached our ears. God understands the way to it, and he alone knows where it dwells. For he views the ends of the earth, and he sees everything under the heavens. Right? I mean, God's got the big picture. It's kind of like, you know, traffic, right? You're stuck in traffic, and now we got our, you know, our GPS, and we're looking at it. We're looking at the red line, and we're like, oh, no, it's red all the way up there. It, but then you remember the old days where they had the helicopter up there, and they're giving you the traffic report. I mean, just think about it. God sees the whole thing. God sees the whole picture. When he established the force of the wind and measured out the waters, when he made a decree for the rain and a path for the thunderstorm, then he looked at wisdom and appraised it. He confirmed it and tested it. And he said to the human race, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to shun evil is understanding. He said to the human race, guys, the fear of the Lord, trust me, Job held on to God. And at the end of his life, he was more blessed than he was even at the beginning of his life. I don't know what 2020 holds. I pray it's your best year yet. I know there's going to be great things out there. But there's going to be some challenges that are going to come. And when those challenges come, it's easy to kind of move off to yourself and isolate. But those are the times we hold on to God. Those are the times we trust. God, you are greater. And God, I'm going to grow deeper in you. This year, I'm holding on to you. Look at this one. We need wisdom in our relationships. We need wisdom in our relationships. 1 Corinthians, Apostle Paul writes, We know that we all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. See, knowledge in and of itself, right, it can just make us like, feel like we're the smartest one in the room. <laughs> knowledge in and of itself, it's good, and we want to learn, we want to grow. I'm all about education, and man, get your you know, undergrad, get your master's, get your PhD. We have a very educated congregation here. We live in a, a really educated place in the world, and it's great, and I love it, and I'm passionate about it. But we can't let that be the end-all, be-all. The knowledge that God places in us should help us love more, should help us love God and love others. We've been blessed, not just for ourselves, but we've been blessed in order to be a blessing, in order to love. See, set your priorities for this new year. Set your priorities for this new year. So here we go. God, number one. God, I want to grow closer to you in this new year. Number two, spouse. If you're married, your spouse, right there. If you're not married, one day you want to be married or you want to be remarried, hey, right here. Number three, children. Number four, your career. What happens is we get these priorities out of line, and it impacts us, right? Guys, a lot of times we'll take career and we'll put it over even God, <laughs> We pray and pray and pray about this job, and then God gives us a job, and we're like, okay, God, I got it now. Peace out, you know. And now I'm off and running, and right, I don't have time for church. I don't have time for community. I don't have time for these things, because listen, I got this career. Or we'll take career, and we'll put it over spouse. Honey, I'm so excited. The boss gave me this promotion, and, and, and so we've got to move, and we're going to go over here, but it's a lot more money. And Well, how much travel is it? Well, I'm going to be gone like half a year, but you know what? I, I love you, and I'll see you. Whoa, 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 wait. Now I'm all about promotions. I'm all about increasing. I'm all about, but, 
But we've got to think about this. How does that impact all these other things? Sometimes, uh, ladies or others, right, we can take children and put them over spouse. And what happens then when the children grow up and then they go off to college and then you look at your spouse, you're like, who are you? Because our whole life was based on our kids and we stopped doing date nights and spending time together and growing in our marriage and growing our love for one another. And you're like, whoa, wait a minute. You, you got to set your priorities. That's wisdom, knowing what is important. Relationships were the undoing of Solomon. Here's the guy who's the wisest man that ever lived. And what does he do? He starts making bad decisions in the area of relationships. He starts taking on more and more wives. Like, what were you thinking, man? I mean, like, he gets like 700 wives. I mean, crazy kind of thing, right? I mean, lust, greed, all these things start taking over, and it impacts his life. He drifts away from God, and at the end of his life, when he dies, the kingdom is split in two because of his unfaithfulness. Our decisions impact others. You become like the company you keep. You become like the company you keep. Look at Proverbs 13, 20. Check out this verse. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Are the people you're hanging around, are they drawing you closer to God? Or are they leading you further away? And we always have to be coming back to that. That's why it's important being at church. That's why it's important about a community group or a men's group or a women's group or being around other people who are pursuing the Lord. We're going to have a lot of relationships, but are they leading us closer to God? Number four, listen, we need wisdom in our resources. We need wisdom in our resources. Uh, Jesus told a parable. It's called the parable of the talents. And he said, this rich man goes on a journey, calls his three servants together, and to one he gives five talents, to the other one two talents, to the other one one talent. Now, talent was money back then. So five bags of gold, two bags of gold, one bag of gold. And he goes off on his journey. Well, the guy with five bags of gold goes and immediately puts it to work. He starts investing it. And he gets five more bags. And the guy with two gets two more bags. And the guy with one does nothing. <laughs> he does nothing. He doesn't use it for God's glory. He doesn't do anything with it. And the master comes back and says, hey, I want to give an account. Like, you got to tell me, what did you do? And the one with five goes, listen, I got five more. Here's 10. Let me give it back to you. The guy with two says, here's four. I got two more. The guy with one's like, I did nothing. And the master's like, take the one from him and give it to the guy who's got 10. He's got to do something with it. And then the guy who invested it, the guy who had five and got 10, and the guy who had two and got four, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Now notice that was given in the context of how we invest what God has given us. How we steward the resources God has given us. We must learn how to wisely manage what God has entrusted to us. And guys, just by virtue of where we live, we have been entrusted with so much. How are we going to manage that? How are we going to manage that? Improper use of finances becomes the undoing of a lot of smart people. And it does. And we see it over and over and over again. It's not about how much you have, but what you do with it. The guy with five, the guy with two, same thing. It doesn't matter. What do you do with what you have? That's why I love the 10-10-80 principle, right? He talks about tithing the Bible. The first 10% goes to God. First 10% goes to God. It's so easy. It's just easy math, right? You make $100, you give 10. 
Make $1,000, you give $100. You know, make $100,000, you give $10,000. It's not that hard. But the hard part is the more we make, the less we give. <laughs> Martin Luther said there's three conversions that happen. When a person comes to know Christ, there's a conversion of the mind, what we begin to think about, what's important to us, the conversion of the heart, what we love, where we value, and the conversion of the wallet. <laughs> conversion of the wallet. A lot of people are like, ah, I don't know about that. But God's going, listen, I've given you so much. I've given you so much. I mean, think about that, right? You make $1,000, you give 100 but I've given you 900 then. I mean, that's a pretty good deal, right? Here you go. First 10% goes to God. Second 10% you save. Then you live on 80%. You live below your means. Wisdom, it changes you. Hey, we are blessed at Rolling Hills. Uh, I love Ramsey Solutions, Dave Ramsey, and he just does such a great job. We have a lot of people who work for Ramsey Solutions. And so we are partnering with them this year. And I'm excited about this. And we're like a pilot church and they're coming in and they're saying, okay, for this year, you can go through our Financial Peace University, but they're calling it Smart Dollar for free. Everybody at Rolling Hills, we get this for free. I mean, how crazy is that, right? And there's gonna be 17 individual sessions that we could do online. And they're like 20 minutes. But I just wanna encourage you. They're also gonna have classes with this. But at the beginning of the year, let's just start it off and say, God, I wanna get this area of my life right. I want to do this right. Next week, you could sign up to be a part of Smart Dollar. I'm signing up and getting Lisa to do it. My kids, I want to take my kids through it because I want them to learn, you know, at this age to control money and not let money control them. I'm excited about this because it's going to make a difference. See, see, the Bible says the borrower is the slave to the lender. And so what if we could learn in 2020, hey, I want to get out from under that debt. But also, some of you are really great with money. You're fantastic at it. But what if we said, hey, what God's entrusted me, maybe God wants me to go on a mission trip this year, and I've never done that before, and I want to be able to have the money to do that. Maybe God wants me to give to here or help this family or help somebody else. Let's do that together. Hey, the world says focus on money, but joy comes when you focus on God. Joy comes when you focus on God. My first international mission trip, I went to Jamaica, okay? I graduated from Baylor University, majored in finance, and then I'm working as a student pastor, and I take this group of students to Jamaica, and we're staying at this resort, and then we're going over and working in these churches in like this really poor area of Jamaica. And when we get over to these churches, these people were so happy. I mean, I was like, blow away, they were so full of joy, and their kids were happy, and people are coming, and they're giving to their neighbors, and we were worshiping, and we would go back to the resort, and people were all mad. My towel's dirty. You know, I'm waiting on my food. Nobody's here. You know, tell my kid to be quiet. You know, like, what is going on here? You know, and I just thought, whoa, wait a minute. Joy comes when you're in the Lord. Joy comes when you're in the Lord. That's great. You can stay in a resort. That's fine. But focus on the Lord. Let him be the joy of your life. And don't let the goal be money. See, God wants you to focus on growing in wisdom this year. God wants you to grow in wisdom this year. He is the one we proclaim admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. When you are in Christ, God places his Holy Spirit within you. And you have this still small voice that tells you the decisions to make and encourages you. How will you grow in wisdom this year? Guys, I want to encourage you. Pray about every decision. The Bible says this, James chapter 1, verse 5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, 
Let him ask God who gives generously to all who ask. I got to tell you, every day I pray for wisdom. I do. In my prayer life, I, I get down on my knees every morning and I pray. I say, God, I pray for wisdom and leadership and creativity and vision and passion and honesty, humility, generosity, and integrity. I pray to be a godly husband and father and pastor, and I pray to be a man after your heart. That's my prayer. Every day I want to grow and I want to become more like Christ. Be in God's word and be around godly people. Guys, be in God's word and be around godly people. How will you teach others wisdom this year? We can think about a lot of things that we're going to teach this year in our small groups or as a parent or as a grandparent, but how are you going to pour into others? I received a phone call about a month ago from a, a lady in our church, and she said, Pastor Jeff, you, you, you wouldn't believe this, but today I was called in to substitute uh, Williamson County School, seventh grade class, homeroom class. And she said, I showed up as the substitute that day, and I walked in, and I wasn't prepared. She said, um, there was a tragedy that happened, and, and one of the kids in the class had been killed. And the students in this seventh grade classroom had just found out, and they were all crying. And she goes, I didn't know what to do. She goes, it was really hard and rough. But she said, then I watched as this middle school student who goes to Rolling Hills, she said, I watched as this seventh grade student stood up in the classroom and said, hey, everybody, I think we just need to stop right now and pray. And she said, he said the most beautiful prayer, and he prayed for the family, he prayed for all the students in the class, he prayed for the leaders at the school, and she said, I just watched as God moved in that classroom that day. And she goes, this kid is a leader. And she said, I'll never forget what I just saw. A couple weeks later, I saw his parents. And I said, guys, I got to tell you about the phone call I got about your son. And these parents are active in our church. You know, they're here every Sunday morning and Wednesday night. And taking their kids to student camp and kids camp. And, and I said, I got to tell you what I, this substitute teacher told me about your son. And I'm telling them the story. And I mean, they're just starting to cry. And they're just like, he never told us. We didn't know. We knew what was happening, but we didn't know what was going on. And I just said, listen, you have taught him wisdom. Because there are situations your kids and our kids are going to face. You've taught him wisdom. Great job. And I know it's hard and know it's difficult. Guys, we don't know. We don't know what the future holds. But we know who holds the future. And if we can hold on to Jesus, you know the serenity prayer is this, it says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. And there may be decisions that you made in the past, you can't go back and change them. But right now, listen, 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 don't live a defeated life. Don't let Satan come along and say, hey, you know what, those things back then, no, 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 that doesn't define you. The past doesn't define you. Christ defines you. Listen, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can. You go forward in Christ and wisdom to know the difference. Guys, that's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for us, that we have wisdom to know the difference, wisdom to know what God wants us to do, and that we live as people of God this year. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what's going on in your life today. But I know this, God is here. And it starts with a relationship with him. 
And maybe this morning you just want to pray, Jesus, I need you in my life. I've been living life for myself. It's all been about me. I've been frustrated and tired. Jesus, come into my heart, forgive my sins, redeem me, restore me today. Maybe this morning you just want to go, God, I dedicate 2020 to you. Father, I, I pray it's a great year, and I pray you're glorified, and I pray I would grow in wisdom this year. Maybe for you, you just say, God, I want to take a next step. I want to grow deeper in you, and I want to spend time with you each day. I need to be in a community group or in a men's study or a women's study, or I need to get my finances in order. But Father, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Maybe today, God, just give me wisdom. I've got some decisions to make. And God, I want to be the right decisions. I want to be decisions that glorify you. And so, Father God, here we are, your disciples today. <laughs> and Father, I pray that you would speak to us. I pray, Father, that you would give us wisdom. I pray, Father, that you would go before us into 2020. And, and God, you would move in a mighty way. I pray it would be our best year yet. But it would be a year we grow deeper in Christ more in love with you, more in love with the people around us. It wouldn't just grow in knowledge, but God, that you would give us wisdom. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray, amen, amen, amen. Hey, after the service, I'll be here. There'll be people on our staff, our pastoral care team. We'd love to talk with you, love to pray with you, whatever's going on in your life. <laughs> Guys, you're not alone. You're not alone. There is a God who is with you, and there is a church that wants to walk with you as well. This time, I want to invite our ushers to come forward and it's a chance for us to invest in God's kingdom. If you're a first-time guest, all we ask is you would give us your communication card and tell us, hey, that uh, you were here and we could follow up with you and tell you how to get involved. If you have a prayer request, write that prayer request down on that back of that communication card, drop it in, and we will pray with you and we will pray for you. Guys, we've seen God do miracles, <laughs> so we want to pray with you. So let me say a short prayer as we have a chance to give. Father, thank you for your presence this morning. Thank you for your word, for the guide, for our life. And God, thank you for the opportunity to give back. Take what is given, bless it, multiply it, and use it, Father, to further your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we give. Amen, amen, amen. You guys, I pray this year that God's gonna call us all to a next step. I pray that God's gonna call us all to grow deeper in our faith. And I, I want you to hear this story. Just a couple months ago, we had the privilege to be in Israel uh, with a group from our church. It was incredible, and we celebrated baptism there. And I want you to hear the testimony of Buddy Smith, who was baptized there in Israel. Check this out. My name's Buddy Smith. I've been going to Rolling Hills for a little over three years. I have uh, a wife, Scotty, and four children. I grew up in a loving home. Going to church every Sunday was, was just what we did. Uh, never developed or had a personal relationship with Christ. In fact, I had to ask my parents you know, if and when I was baptized, because I didn't remember it. After, after high school, um, I went to, to college and uh, had a very, very colorful life, uh, to say the least. Finally, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired and developed a relationship with the Lord. I've always been one to, to do things 100%, whether they were good or bad. And, um, after coming into a relationship with Christ at age 33, I dove right in. The Bible started to be part of my, 
my life. Uh, started a singles group uh, where I met my wife the first night. I was in men's groups. Uh, went on a, a mission trip. Uh, three years later, uh, the Lord called me to lead another missions trip. After coming to Rolling Hills uh, with our four children, opportunities arose to uh, able to go on this uh, trip to Israel. And when uh, the opportunity presented itself for, for me to be baptized in the Jordan River, um, I had a deep conviction to, to take an opportunity to establish a public confession of faith that uh, I really had never experienced in my life. And uh, I just wanted to encourage those that, uh, that wanted to make a public profession, no matter how old you are. I'm 54 years old right now. It's never too late. Um, it doesn't have anything to do with our salvation. However, it is a great opportunity to witness to those around us and to uh, proclaim Christ as my Savior and, uh, and be able to, to celebrate being grafted into the Lord's family. Oh, I love that, buddy. So thankful for you. And man, just, you know, at 54, man, I'm making a decision. I'm following Christ. I want people to know it. I want people to see it. I pray this year, man, we'll take a next step. Whatever that is for you, God's got great plans for you. And I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. A lot of great things happening. You can stop by the Next Steps booth out there to get more information. I'll be down here. Brandon's right over here for donuts. If you're a high school student or a high school family, stop by over there. Uh, and man, just uh, so many great things that are going on. Let's stand together. Let me pray a blessing over us. And let's go and live it out. Father God, thank you for a new year, for a new season, that we can turn the page from last year and look forward to all that you're gonna do this year. Thank you, God, that we can start this year with you. Jesus Christ is the Lord of our life. Father, fill us up and now send us out to live with wisdom for the glory of God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Thanks for being here. Have a great day. God bless. <laughs>